Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. Do you have any markers that are on the calendar you celebrate that are not really important to anyone else? You might not announce it on social media, although you are sure to take a picture. But the celebration itself is low-key, just between you and your people. We have had a few of those throughout the year, but honestly, by the end of March, even birthdays qualify for this sort of social engagement. Between the week prior to Christmas and spring break, our family of 10 celebrates eight birthdays. Does not include Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, and my anniversary. I call it birthday season. It's not fall, it's not winter, it's not spring. It's just an endless stream of birthdays. Today, birthday season is over, but it's one of those days super special to me and mine, but totally insignificant to you and yours. Today marks the date. Chad and I, my husband, officially decided we would date. And it was an incredibly romantic moment that took place about 30 years ago today. (laughs) Chad was telling the kids just how romantic it was the other day, and he remembers it about as well as I do. We had loaded into his car at college with some other friends, which was not totally unusual. I sat behind the driver's seat behind him in the back seat, and we headed out to Fort Phantom in West Texas, along with several other carloads of people to sit around a campfire, and someone would play a guitar, and there would be some singing, and just basic hanging out. This is what people did before cell phones and YouTube. We just hung out. For some reason, everyone got out of the car to go meet the others, except Chad and I. We were still having a conversation right where we right where we arrived on the scene. He was in the driver's seat. I was still right behind him. We couldn't even see each other. And that is where and when and how we had the DTR. Today, we celebrate that marker on the calendar. It's been a long time. And I would really like to be able to confess and demonstrate that I have it more together in terms of relationships than I actually can. Even after all these years, Chad and I still sit in a place, not as often as we did in year one or year two and year five, but it's the same thing. We find ourselves in this familiar place because we have hurt one another with our words and or with our actions, having hard discussions, saying we are sorry to one another, seeking forgiveness from each other, and longing even verbally for God to continue making us different. One of those assurances we have from Jesus is John 16:33. It's not really our favorite one. It's, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That one is probably not going to be your life verse, (laughs) but maybe it should be. Maybe it should be mine. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We do not need to despair. He's overcome. And none of the garbage you and I swim in and throw at people we love can change it. That is a reality. But there are some essentials, things that really need to be in place 
for our relationships to be healthy. Healthy doesn't mean we don't have the sit down ever, exchange heartfelt apologies and beg God to make us different. It doesn't mean that we can kiss trouble goodbye if we embrace these essentials. That's not what I'm saying. What I want to do on this personally momentous occasion is talk about five essentials for healthy relationship. Now, my disclaimer is right here. I'm not speaking as a certified counselor or any sort of professional in relationships. Chad and I have about 10 years of experience working with young married couples, counseling, teaching, living with, you know, doing life with. I've read studies, I've read books, other resources, and I have been personally involved in it for 30 years. This is my educated opinion, and that is all. It's not a professional one. So if you need some professional help, you need to get someone who's qualified, and that is not going to be me. This is my educated opinion. The premise, before I can offer you my five essentials, is that both people in the relationship are believers. We can't talk about it on these grounds unless we have that in place. So that's the assumption I'm making. And my list is not going to cover all the bases. It's in no way comprehensive. It's just five essentials that I continue to need to be reminded of myself. And I want to offer to you as good, sound, biblical insights for creating and sustaining healthy relationships. The first one is not revolutionary. It's not novel. It's simply essential. You and I need commitment in our relationship. Commitment is the first essential. And we really need it in two aspects, God and with man. That first relationship that we need commitment with has got to be with God. We will have loads more trouble and lack the abilities to navigate the difficulties that He promises if we don't get this. You want an earthly relationship that is healthy with longevity? Matthew 6.33 points us in the right direction. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing without any problems. It does say all these things will be added to you. It does say he's going to be with you in the process. You and I must seek him above all else and pray God leads the other person to do the same. When we make this a priority with our time, our focus, our money, and our other resources, God shows up. He does amazing work in places you and I never dreamed possible when we allow him. Maybe it won't be the fairy tale life you dreamed of or thought of, but he will show up for you, for me, and be true to who he is and to his promises. In scripture, in songs, during a drive in the car, as you pray, he will be faithful. The second relationship that requires commitment stems out of the first. When being committed to the Lord is first in play, we are more ready to be committed in the second. Commitment is essential for your relationships on earth and mine. But the first step is to make the decision within yourself to be committed. It sounds so elementary and basic, but if you're never on board to begin with internally, it won't be difficult to quit and to move on if it doesn't work out. Another aspect that makes this an essential for a healthy relationship is that it has to be communicated clearly to both parties in and between. Here's the thing about commitment. It's not a one and done sort of essential. Yes, you make the decision to be committed one time internally. You, you make that commitment. But expressing your devotion to that commitment and the person, or if it's God to God, needs to be ongoing. I need to know my husband of 27 years is still committed to me. 
I just need to know it. I need to know it in lots of different ways. And that what he declared all those years ago, he's not sorry for or wishes it were different because our minds and hearts can go this direction. So expressing our commitment is an integral aspect. It is just essential in those two areas. The second essential for healthy relationships is the ability to deal with conflict. I'm not suggesting you get this perfectly. We are so different in how we approach conflict and sometimes you change in how you deal with it changes too. Very few of us live for the fight. We don't really like conflict in general, but if we want our relationships to be at peace, in the places it really matters, we've got to be able to deal with it. Part of this involves what I'm calling the sorry factor. It's not pleasant. I've eaten a lot of crow. I've cried crocodile tears and left heartbroken because of how I've hurt my spouse. We have to know how to say we are sorry and to live out of that sorrow so that it moves us toward change. We can't just come in and say we're sorry like your mom made you to a sibling that you didn't really want to apologize to and go back to the same way we were acting before. Maybe we will revert back to some of that troublesome behavior over time. We mess up. I hate this about our human nature, but there should be some evidence that we have made a concerted effort to move beyond hurting that other person in that way. There is so much more we could talk about here and discuss. I'm going to have to leave it there. The other factor I wanted to mention in regard to conflict is the need to chase the runner. Let me give you my example and then I will broaden it. Maybe you or someone you are close to deals with conflict by getting physically out of the situation or the space or backs up as far as they can get away from the person they are in conflict with. Do you remember Julia Roberts in the movie Runaway Bride? <laughs> she would get scared every time she became engaged to someone right as it was time to go down the aisle at the wedding. And then she ran. Some people run emotionally. It's not always that they can't handle the situation. It's more maybe a physical space issue and the emotional corner the conflict shoves them into and they must get out. Hopefully, God willing, there are not two runners in conflict together, but that there is a chaser to chase the runner. Chaser, chase if that's you. Pursue. Don't hound. Don't badger in a mean way, but patiently pursue the runner. Let the runner know that they're worth the effort. Sometimes that combination is present. That's one example of two different approaches to conflict that can become disastrous. Sometimes we deal with conflict differently. I would suggest learning maybe what your tendencies are and what theirs are within a situation of conflict and how that typically plays out and maybe what the other person needs. Which leads me to the third essential to healthy relationships that I'm calling me second. When Chad and I had been married about five years, our church offered something called Intimate Encounters. It was a marriage curriculum per se in which, among other things, we identified the top emotional needs within ourselves and the other person. Then we learned how to intentionally set out to meet those needs. Now, I can't meet all of his needs. That's 
That's not my responsibility. It's not God's call for him on my life either. But I should be capable and willing to take a stab at the top five, and I should be aware of some of the others. It changed our lives, and it changed our marriage. No longer were we completely confused about why we were doing all this over here to demonstrate our love to our spouse to no effect. Well, of course it's to no effect. We were not meeting their needs. We were identifying with our own. It just didn't work until we recognized what the other person needed. Healthy relationships put me second, not below another option like another person that was taken care of earlier in the list with the commitment issue or a job or a hobby or a desire. None of that. Just second to yourself. Instead of me first, it becomes them first, me second. When I'm focused on being intentional about meeting my spouse's needs, I am more likely to get it right. He will in turn be better able to put himself second and work to meet my needs. That's how it's supposed to work in a healthy relationship. The problem arises when we're sitting there, very needy, hurt that the other person has not been responding to our needs. We don't want to be second. We are hurting and what we really want is our needs met. What should we do? Well, there might need to be a meeting where you come together and you talk about it and you do what you should do to come to peaceful terms in any other sort of conflict. You're gonna maybe have some conflict here, but you need to come to peaceful terms about it and then figure out how to meet the other person's needs. What do they need? What do they need? You and I can start before our needs are met. It will be difficult to do it that way, but we can do that and that is how you put me second. The last essential I wanna suggest today is to build in reminders. God seems to know places we are universally weak and he is keenly aware of the strategies the enemy lodges against us. So we have Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our minds need renewing. I need reminders of the truth, but again, it takes intentionality to build reminders into our lives that help us engage with and remember truth. What I've been striving toward is to do something similar in my relationship with my spouse that I've done for years with the Lord. Build in reminders. If I struggle remembering God loves me specifically and individually, or that I'm truly forgiven, or that he does have a plan for my life, then I need to be intentional about building in reminders that he does, that he has, and that he will do what he promised. Reminders could take many forms, like something on your phone that would remind you, sticky notes, songs to that effect, note cards, Bible verses, podcasts on the subject, whatever it takes to help you bring that to mind and settle in on the truth. It's a trap for me not remembering this truth and it will impact me today and then tomorrow and all the time until I get my mind renewed and transformed by the truth again. This morning I was reading Psalm 73 as part of my Bible reading and this was a familiar set of verses tucked within there and it just came alive thinking about it in this context. When I'm worried or anxious or just not at peace in my relationships, and maybe 
it's my own doing, my own negativity, my own defeating thoughts, or my actions. Or it could just be any sort of trouble Jesus assures us we're likely to encounter in these situations. But this is what the psalmist writes. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. See, that's the commitment part, to seek him first. It's that part. My flesh and my heart may fail. I may really screw all of this up. I may not be successful in navigating these elements so essential to a healthy relationship. I might even be like 92.98% responsible for the trouble. I may not remember or be able to do all of this to make my relationship healthy. My flesh and my heart may fail, but the verse is not done. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I just need not to do it on my own, to reach out to the one and the only who can, who doesn't fail. Isn't that a tremendous and refreshing assurance, thinking about it that way? I want to leave you with a couple of resources that are along these lines as a reminder that I am issuing my experienced opinion here and not from a qualified counselor's voice. But let me send you to some of those types of individuals. I found these resources and I thought they would be helpful and somewhat informative. James Dobson is a powerhouse in this issue and he has a book called Love for a Lifetime and he identifies 10 essentials for your marriage. These aren't the things that I've talked about, but they would be in addition to and be helpful. And at drjamesdobson.org, you can find a quiz out of a resource that's posted called Breakthrough, which is a, a resource by Dr. Tim Clinton. It's a quiz that will give you a score that you can take online and helps you become aware of some of your thought patterns and maybe your practices in your current relationships that you may find to be healthy or maybe not so healthy. I didn't take my information from either of these sources again, so they'll probably provide additional support and help in the area. I was trying to give you some other resources. That takes us to the end, and I look forward to our discussions every week, so I can't wait to be with you next time on the She Yearns Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.